Hi everyone, this is Maria Scobepilei, and you're listening to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. If you want to learn more about customer success, get career advice and be inspired, you're in the right place. So let's tune in. Welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success podcast. It is a pleasure today to introduce my guest to you. I'm talking to Sally Hamden, Enterprise Customer Success Manager at Asana. Welcome to the show, Sally. Hey, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Sally, just in a few moments, I will invite you to introduce yourselves to the listeners. But before that, let's do something fun. Let's go through a few of the rapid fire questions so they can get to know you, you know, even outside of the whole workplace environment. So let's start with my questions. How many languages do you speak? Three. French, English and Arabic. Wow. You live around Paris. Is there any other place in the world that if you could live there, you would just go there immediately? Living near the sea, it doesn't matter where, like Mediterranean near the sea. So if I could go to the south of France or somewhere around Italy or anything, or any country around the Mediterranean, I would feel like home with green, of course. You know, I'm from Croatia. Like we have that whole beautiful Mediterranean coast. So <laughs> if you want to go there, yes. let's go together. <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. Big Would one. this big, big extrovert? Good. Next question. Would the 16 year old you be surprised to find you in this current job? I think so, yes. She would be very surprised because I was uh, less extroverted growing up as a teenager. I was more reserved. And having a job that is all about building relationships, building connections with people, communicating, uh, being all out there, has been a bit surprising. But uh, yeah, I guess people change. <laughs> people change and careers change as well. Now, the yes. last one of those rapid fire questions. If you had to completely change your career tomorrow, what would you do? So if I could change something to a very exotic thing that has nothing to do with what I do, <laughs> I would go into like a culinary guide where I would travel the world and like try food, learn how to cook dishes, specialties and regions. And this is like a dream because I love food and I love traveling. So I think to me, this is like the perfect mix. And if I want to be a bit more like, <laughs> like, okay, realistic, maybe I won't be able to do that. I would actually go into the um, student counseling or working in universities, working closer with students and help them like build their careers, decide what to do, all this. So like student counseling. That is beautiful, Sally. Both of those career choices. I definitely feel that like the first one is really, really nice and exciting and, and exotic and just, just traveling. So I need to ask you, looks like you love cooking. Do you have any favorite cuisine that you like cooking or are you doing like a mix of match of everything and then trying out your own stuff? I'm originally Lebanese and so clearly I love Lebanese foods like oh, and me too. I yes. <laughs> and I love learning new dishes or like any challenging dish I always like aim to be a very good Lebanese cook like all the dishes that I grew up with and I love so I would put Lebanese food as like my top cuisine after it I would uh, like Italian Asian uh, Korean like I like everything, <laughs> but if I want to like prioritize, like my comfort food is Lebanese food. 
Oh, Sally, now you got me. I do love hummus and baba ganesh. And gosh, what's the name of those little small harissa potatoes, right? <laughs> no, I'm no. now completely off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Harissa goes on my chicken. Anyway, I think that that's definitely a sign I should stop right there. And let's go into the customer success. <laughs> Sally, would you like to tell us a bit about your really interesting and I can see multicultural background Maybe in terms of your career, how did you start your career and end it up in customer success? Yeah, so my career started actually in HR back in Lebanon, and I started working in the training and development department, which is like, you know, L&D. My job was to really work on developing specific programs for specific employees in that company. So I entered that door, like that was my first entry into HR, into training. I became a certified trainer, and then I discovered that I'm actually good at, you know, training people. So I went in that path and started doing a lot of development programs, training newcomers to the company, also training them on the culture of the company. It was very, it started like my interest in training and culture started very early. Then for personal reasons, I moved to France. And so I had lived, I had worked around six years in that field. So HR and learning and development. So I thought that was my career path. I thought that I would continue in this. Like I would probably like, you know, move to France. I did my master's and also in skills development, French uh, French way, because in, in France, it, there's a lot of rules and regulations around training, etc. So I did my uh, master's in that. And I, I thought that would be my path, joining a company in an L&D department. But then I saw uh, when I was starting you know, to look for a job, I fell on a job at LinkedIn called Customer Education Specialist. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, education, that's me. I could educate. Like, I'm a trainer. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. So I very innocently applied. And back in the days, that was like in 2013. And back then, like LinkedIn wasn't so, you know, very, you know, present in France. I didn't even know they had an office in France. Like to me, it was, I wasn't even very active on LinkedIn. So I applied not knowing that I would actually get the job. And I applied like very innocently, knew no one. And I love this because my hiring manager back then, like she, like she hired someone who's never worked in France. It was my first job in France. I wow. had done like internships with my masters. I had, you know, one internship experience in France, but all my other experiences were in Lebanon. And so she actually, you know, took me for the, like hired me and did that for two years at LinkedIn. We had a customer education specialist role. And then two years after LinkedIn, they just decided to stop that role and make it evolve into customer success, along with another role and that used to be called recruitment product consultant. Okay. Back in the days, so we didn't have customer success. We had like customer education and recruitment product consultant. Then they merged both and then they asked me, so we're going to, you know, like customer education consultant will no longer exist. Would you like to move into customer success? I'm like, yes, but what is that? What is customer <laughs> success? But I'm interested. I'm on board. And, and this is how I started doing actually on-the-job training uh, inside at LinkedIn. Like they did a specific program to train us to become customer success managers. So all about like portfolio management, managing accounts, prioritizing. So all of this was new to me because when I was a customer education consultant, I used to work with all clients in the French market, all of Mm -hmm. them. Like I did not have a portfolio. I did not work with specific salespeople. I worked with everyone and all clients. I used to do like scaled activities, trainings, webinars, workshops. I did develop new set of skills at LinkedIn, and this is how I became a customer success manager. 
and the rest is history. This is really, really interesting to see how, well, basically you evolved with a company together into the role that today is obviously very popular. But now I'm interested in one thing. There are so many people out there in the audience as well who want to break into customer success. And some of them are perhaps having HR background or learning and development background. And you are just describing now how all of that goes so naturally into progressing yourself to become customer success manager. And you mentioned there's new skills that you have to learn because just managing portfolio of accounts is different than, you know, just working with all the customers. But what would you say if you could pick just a few skills from, let's say, HR life that you had before that really helped you develop into very successful CSMs? Like what are those most important skills? I think the key, if you want to change your career, move from something to customer success, I think the best gate, and that was my case, is to choose a tool because you were in SaaS, customer success, choose a tool that is linked to your previous job. So that was what helped. I was in HR and LinkedIn, Talent Solutions, they sell a license for talent acquisition professionals Mm -hmm. in HR. Okay, so it's all in that same universe, like HR. So my audience did not change. I was the audience I was selling to. So I think if you want to break into customer success, target tools or softwares that are very linked to the field that you're in today. So if you are in com, there are many communication (laughs) campaigning tools out there. Target those. If you are in finance, there are a lot of fintech out there. Target those. Like uh, start with a field, with a tool that is very linked to your field. And then explore. Let this be a first gate. But once you're in and you learn the field, you learn what is customer success because every skill that you learn in any job is transferable into customer success. So to me, anyone can become customer success if you have the curiosity and the aptitude and the interest in others, interest to learn about others, uh, your clients' uh, pains and challenges and everything. So definitely curiosity is very, very important. And yes. thank you for that advice, because you basically told us you as an end user of certain product are the best audience to transition into customer success for that particular product, because you Absolutely. know set out and then you're an expert. Great. Absolutely. Well, that is a wonderful career tip already, Sally. Now, I would like you to take us a bit further into your career. You now have like a portfolio of amazing companies that you have worked and served as a customer success manager. You mentioned LinkedIn, then you move into Box, and then you're currently at Asana. All great companies, big companies. And I am fascinated to see how you are developing yourselves into different kind of types of customer success managers. Now you are dealing with enterprise customers, etc. So I wonder what is it that motivates you at your work that you are waking up every day knowing that you want to do that job like to the best of your abilities? What I love about my job is continuous learning. Because when you are working with different clients, be it when I was at LinkedIn, I had to understand their you know talent acquisition challenges and help them find best talent out there. When I moved to Box, uh, trying to understand like the cloud content management space that was very new to me as well. A lot of technical audience had to learn so much about their challenges, their jargon. That continuous interest to learn was a driving force for me. When I moved to Asana as well, the magic, uh, what I love about my job today is that I get to work with so many people in a company, like all functions can use Asana. 
and this is like the best to me if you want to like uh, qualify a good job is a job that you're never bored in right and this is the case with asana because every client of mine can work in a different function i have people from finance to supply chain to marketing to com to hr to like operations like any legal like you know any any type of function can use asana and to me every time i speak with someone new from a new function to me it's like i'm so happy because i get to learn so much i'm learning actually new jobs i'm doing an mba <laughs> you know it's like i'm learning so much and like all functions of a company i'm learning how a company functions through my clients through understanding how they want to use asana and what for and trying to guide them in the process but the process is not very simple because you need to understand like the ins and outs of their roles like the processes go in details and their workflows understand why they do things with whom do they work with whom do they collaborate so to me that continuous what motivates me is knowing that tonight when i go to bed i learn something new <laughs> and it's the case when you're in, in customer success and you work with a tool like asana like many other tools out there that touch different jobs that are like cross functional feeling that i learn something new today every day when i go to bed is the biggest motivator for me that's wonderful so definitely there is no boring day or like boring job for you and you're looking working in let's say yeah project management software as you do because you do get to speak with so many different type of persona which is wonderful which is probably well definitely even more interesting than always talking to very same department within the company and knowing them inside out now you get to know yeah of course complete companies Tell me about being an enterprise customer success manager what does it mean at Asana at the moment Enterprise is clearly like the you know it's called differently in different companies it can be strategic it can be enterprise being enterprise it means that i manage like the largest enterprise accounts in france it means a specific number of employees a minimum number of employees they qualify a number a minimum number of revenue to be considered and to be put in that bucket so yeah working with enterprise clients at asana even at box before and at linkedin i always had this type of clients How is it like? It's very challenging because you are dealing with uh, multinationals that are present uh, globally, on the, <laughs> like spread uh, globally in different time zones from the US to Asia, and working also with sometimes global team and sometimes it depends on how the organization is is, but it's super challenging because you need to really know how to scale. <laughs> how to put in place scaled actions because sometimes it becomes challenging to you know you can't clone yourself be present everywhere for everyone uh, so i think uh, the challenge is you know putting in place a, a real system where you can scale your activities be more proactive in the different services that you provide to your clients so yeah i think the challenge is always around prioritization around scaling your efforts uh, and having the right resources as well So basically you are coaching your customers currently and you're coaching different teams on how to use your product. That means that you have to be very product proficient. Yeah. There's always that question how much product proficient should CSMs be? And definitely in your work you have to know the use case really well to coach your customers. So Yes. How do you keep up with the product knowledge and if you even compare your current role with your previous roles how much yeah. is that product expertise detrimental to a successful CSM career it's a very very interesting question because i lived it differently in my three different jobs 
at LinkedIn, I was the ultimate product expert. Like I knew the ins, ins and outs of the product. I mean, I knew so much about the product. Like you would put me with the toughest client in front. I would like, I would be able to answer all their questions. And that's how I ended up with what they called back in LinkedIn, the, the toughest uh, audience were, were the staffing. So we're talking like recruitment agencies, like huge recruitment agencies. These were my, my clients before I left. I managed like global strategic staffing uh, accounts because they were so challenging and they were challenging me the most. And that's why I loved working with them because I consider myself, I mean, after six years, you become <laughs> the tool, you know, it inside out. At Box, it was very different. At Box, the CSM was not, was not necessarily the product expert because you had Box Consulting, you had solution consultants, experts, like real technical experts. And Box is a much more technical tool than LinkedIn. So that disturbed me, honestly, not to be able to become a full product expert. So that was like the first challenge. Like, how do I live with not being, even with accepting, not being a, the ultimate product expert? Because that's what I was used to. So it took some change management, like accepting that I'm not the mm. ultimate product expert, but it kind of demotivated me a bit because I would find myself like people would ask me questions. I don't know the answer. And I hate not knowing the answer. I hate having to go and go fetch the answer every time. So I felt like I'm, I'm kind of like the, I receive, you know, switchboard like requests. <laughs> yeah. And I need to go and find answers. So I, the job felt a bit, uh, I enjoyed doing it for a while, but then I felt like, no, like I want to know, I want to answer. Like I want a product that I can be proficient enough in not so technical because I'm not someone technical. I never did technical studies. Like I'm a psychology major, <laughs> just to remember that. Wonderful. I wanted a product that I can easily like become an expert in, that touch that is very business oriented, not IT. So that's why when I was at Box, I had to like accept for two years that I'm not the product expert. I need to go to, to people to find my answers. But when I got the opportunity to work with a tool that reminded me a bit of the first tool that I worked mm -hmm. in, like, in which I could become a, a real product expert, but not just like limited to one job, to one function, but cross-functional, to me, it checked all the boxes. Plus the tool is, I mean, it's much more challenging than LinkedIn Talent Solution 1, than the LinkedIn Recruiter. Because it's very challenging. Like you get like every day I get a, a new use case that I need to solve for. And I, I love it because it pushes me to really, you know, understand their function, how it works and how Asana can, you know, how does it translate into Asana? So all of that work. And so I believe, honestly, like if I want to give my honest opinion, this is my like my own motivation. I need to be a product expert to be fully motivated in my work and fully fulfilled. It's interesting. So not only that makes you, yeah, absolutely. That makes you feel fulfilled at your job, but also how much trust does that instill to your customers when they can ask you questions and when they are getting immediate values, when let's say if they are on calls with you and yeah. they ask questions and you, know, you don't have to go and fetch for the answers and come back in, you know, a few hours, days, oh weeks, whatever. Yes, it makes a huge difference for them. It uh, does. It does. And this is this is how you also, I mean, it helps me build trust faster with my clients if I know the answers okay. immediately. And I know that they can come to me and ask me anything. So yeah, it's just, I'm so grateful that I lived with these two different things because diversifying your CS experience is crucial. Sometimes I'm thinking, gosh, there are so many amazing 
tools and softwares in the world, I could be CSM for mm. all of them, right? Because, well, you could learn different tools and, and thinking, when would I have time to learn so many different tools? But it makes you excited <laughs> that like you could potentially. But anyway, Sally, thank you for those insights into, you know, being a product expert or not. I'm seeing more and more almost conversations about CSNs being there to just manage relationships. They don't have to be <laughs> huge product experts. And I might have had different opinions previously, but now I feel, yes, we definitely have to be product experts. Let's say probably not in an IT consultant type of way where you are really, you know, yeah. getting your hands dirty within the product and doing changes, but knowing use cases, knowing ins and outs of it for your customers is a must. Otherwise, if you're only managing relationship in a way that you're almost a switchboard and customers come to you for different requests and then you go out and find out all the different answers, yes, there is loads to it in customer success role. Yes, you are orchestrator of so many mm. different activities. But if you yeah. can't help them out on a call when they need you, it's going to be more difficult to gain that trust and to really prove the value to customers. Agree. I really like how throughout your career, you embrace that customer success manager role and how you are developing yourself through it. So from one company, you go to another and you are again, customer success managers. For me, that's really cool because very often I see people doing it in one company, maybe the second one to gain a bit more different experience. And then that's it. They want to go straight away into maybe leadership role or finding a different sister type of role within customer experience. And there is no right or wrong, for sure. It is always a personal choice. What are you doing to diversify your experience in customer success management and how you are growing yourself into becoming the better and the best CSM that you could be? So even tomorrow, if you go somewhere else as a CSM, you would be an absolute rock star again, because you have so much of those skill set and experience under your belt. Tell me more about mm. By nature, I'm tough on myself. So I'm someone who, who will never believe I'm good enough. I have mastered customer success, okay? I will always doubt, like have doubts, like say, no, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. So I believed like every time I had the opportunity to evolve and leadership was not an option because I am interested very much in leadership. But in my different experiences, the opportunity did not come. And maybe I did not uh, actively actually also seek it because deep down I felt like I'm not yet there as a customer success because in my head I had to be an amazing, I had to be like the best customer success to evolve into leadership. Like this was a, a misconception I had. I'm being very like transparent here. And I never felt like I'm good enough to be a good uh, leader in CS because I have not mastered yet the ins and outs of this job. <laughs> so um, when I got the opportunity, when, when I was at LinkedIn and the opportunity, and clearly I showed interest in evolving and growing and did some programs internally, but there was no opportunity. So when Box knocked on my door after six years and Box, to me back then, I wanted to change. I wanted to see something new. Although I was very fulfilled, I was very happy at LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is like the, the peak of, uh, like it was a highlight of my career. But moving to Box was also super important for me to step out of, the, of that comfort zone and face all my fears <laughs> and the fear of, you know, dealing with a totally brand new audience like IT people, CIOs, like I, like I moved from like recruitment managers 
to CIOs of big companies. And like, this is like, this is this big shift that I left. Yeah. And this came with its challenges because I did not know like their language, their jargon. They would speak in language that I don't understand and not even the fact that I'm not originally French. So add the cultural aspect to it. Also, mainly CIOs are all men. I was the only lady, a woman in the room. So all of this is was very uncomfortable for me, stepping into that scene. But it made me grow in ways that I cannot describe to you how much it made me grow as a professional, as a customer success manager, and as a person. I learned so much how to, like, uh, the way I deal with people, the way I understand them, the way I, I force myself to get into that world of theirs that is very uncomfortable to me. So learning their language, learning their challenges, doing a lot of readings, reading like annual reports of a company, understanding all the IT jargon. So I like for two years, to me, it was filled with learning. It was uncomfortable, but I learned a lot and it made me grow. So to me, moving to Box and even like in co the customer success in Box was much more strategic. Like the role, the CS role in Box mm -hmm. was much more highly considered okay. in the organization. Like it was very strategic. Like leadership would come to customer success if they wanted to know anything about an account. The CS were the ruling force, if I may <laughs> say. And to me, being in customer success in Box made me a better customer success professional, really. So big... Uh, Kudos to all the leaders that helped me grow and, and supported me in Box. And also, so I, the opportunity, so what, what drove me outside of Box, just to show you also the path, is it was not on purpose that I wanted to stay a CSM. I'm just someone that follows opportunities and follows my heart. <laughs> so at Vox, I was, you know, growing and learning so much, but I knew deep down, like, this is not my, my tool. Like, this is because it's like, mm -hmm. it's too technical. I can never be an expert in that tool. And I wanted, you know, a tool that is more me, more that I can, you know, grasp quicker, become an expert in, etc. And more also business oriented because I am someone that comes from the business. I'm not someone that comes from IT. And I wanted to be in the like in the position of my clients. I wanted to see myself in the position of my clients. So that's why when Asana knocked on my door, I wasn't sure I wanted to leave Fox because I was like, I was at a state like where I was comfortable, finally comfortable at Fox. <laughs> I had my clients. I had great relationship with my colleagues, with my clients, with my leadership. Like I was very happy at Fox. But then when I started discovering the Asana tool itself, it's the tool that actually attracted me to the company. So that was my gate. And I'm like, okay, so I wanted to evolve into leadership. The Asana role was the first CSM in France. It had a lot of potential and it inspired me. It, 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 like, okay, this is a place where I can grow. The company is growing and it inspired me to join it. Of course, not only the tool, but also the perspective or the knowing that it's a place where I will evolve into leadership, knowing that I have acquired all these past experiences. Like I felt confident enough that yes, I can evolve into leadership now after having been a CSM and became a CSM in LinkedIn. Actually, I became one in LinkedIn. Yeah. Kept on growing at Box by learning how to build executive relationships that I didn't have before. And then stepping into Asana where I bring all, all of what I learned into my role, becoming excellent, the best CSM and growing my region because I'm the first in France and also stepping into leadership and being able to manage CS for Southern Europe. So this is kind of my path, how I was seeing it. It was not done on purpose. Like, no, I don't want to step into, no, no. I wanted to step into leadership, but opportunities and being tough on myself, I would always like say, no, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. 
I need to, you know, acquire one more, <laughs> one more experience. <laughs> but I think now today I'm in a place where I feel confident enough that, uh, that yeah, I mean, when the opportunity comes now, I'm actually seeking it. I'm being much more intentional about it. So doing a lot to position myself, uh, put myself in that position. So yeah. But you know, that's wonderful. But also that's kind of people leadership role. When I see you and your career, for me, you are the leader, like one of the leading customer success managers out there, just because you maybe behind you now don't have years of people leadership experience. I personally see you as a leader in the field because you don't have to have people leadership experience to become a leader in the field. And you definitely are. And one of my biggest takeaways from this conversation is how you so beautifully described you firstly dealt with recruitment department, then with CIOs, again, big jump for you to understand the whole different language and terminology yeah. and just the way of approaching that type of persona. And now you are dealing with Yeah. Every single department within your customer's organization, which is mm -hmm. an amazing exposure to just different ways of working, yeah. different styles, different businesses. Uh, well, you could be CEO tomorrow for some other company <laughs> because you kind of have an understanding of every single department and how they operate and how they work. Well, thank you so much for giving us this overview. And for many of your career lessons, I think that everybody can kind of take away a few tips As you look back at your career, what is one maybe lesson that your job has taught you that you think everybody should really learn at some point in their life? I think you have few, but what is the one that you could choose? I don't want to sound cliche, but really attitude is everything. Yes, <laughs> your attitude, agree. the attitude you bring to work, the attitude you bring with your clients, the attitude you bring to your own personal growth, your own development, to your colleagues is key and it's the one if I can say the one thing that helped me grow in my career since the day I stepped into my first internship in Lebanon and in that first bank where I started working as an intern that attitude I brought in with me stepping into that role is an internship that led to a six-year experience in that company in Lebanon it was all about the attitude I brought to work every day I'm someone who is very positive, someone very curious. People enjoy working with me. I ask good, I guess, good questions. I challenge. I, so I think this is the attitude that I, if there's one common thing that would help you, it's the attitude you bring every day to your work and to the people that you work with. And this makes the whole difference. I don't know if it's cliche. I'm sorry if it's cliche. It but is it's not like, a cliche. Yeah, it's the absolute truth. <laughs> Sally, I remember a few conversations and I think even live webinars, events with you when we spoke about you being a cultural champion. You have that probably wonderful opportunity within your career that you realize that supporting people around you in a workspace and bringing wellness and kind of healthy or balanced lifestyle to everybody is really important. So where does the passion and the opportunity about cultural champion come into? Tell me more about it. I think it started with with the type of person I am. So I'm someone who's very by nature. Like uh, even if I want to try to like, uh, if I'm not feeling well one day, I'll always have a smile on my face. I mean, that's what people tell me. And I bring, you know, they call me Soleil. <laughs> like you I bring, bring like ray. I bring sun ray, <laughs> sunlight, oh. whatever I am. So I don't know if this is true, but I hear it uh, a lot. And I think it comes, it came naturally because because I'm someone who brings like joy wherever I go. To me, stepping into culture champion back at LinkedIn 
it came uh, as a natural thing, like organizing events for the office. Once a month, we had something called Inday. Every Inday had a theme. And we had to like brainstorm on events that we can do around that theme this one day of the month. So to me, I, I mean, I love doing this. I love, I, I'm someone uh, who loves to be, you know, to think creatively, to to use that creativity at work. And to me, it was an opportunity for me to be creative outside of my day-to-day work and impact my colleagues. So uh, I did that at LinkedIn. And when I joined Box, uh, I remember in the interviewing process at Box, they, the culture piece was so important. I remember the they had something called Chief Fun Officer at Box. And he came actually to one of the interviews. It's called Danny. Kudos to Danny. And, and he's like, uh, tell me more about what you did with LinkedIn, like as an in lead for France. And I started telling him, you know, what we used to do, etc. And he was like, he was like, yeah, at Box, we have like something called Chief Fun Officer, like CFO. And we do similar things. So we'd be very like curious. So they were interested in that aspect of my experience before I even joined, like in the whole interviewing process. So I, I really loved that. And it showed how much like culture and values were important for that company. And actually it was that one thing that really made me like accept their offer and move to Box. I felt that there's a cultural fit. And so when I joined Box, naturally, <laughs> it was like a natural evolution. I think two months in, I was already like chief fund officer uh, along <laughs> with a colleague because we were more than one. And it was COVID. So I, when I joined Box three months after, COVID uh, happened and we were all at home. So I was like a remote, a virtual chief fund officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. well, that's not imagine challenging. Not- Oh my God, like how do you impact and do events, virtual events, engaging people in their homes that are sick of Zoom, (laughs) they can't take it anymore. And you bring them to do like meditation and mindfulness, like every day they had, we had like a 10 minute mindfulness break at lunch, doing and driving people to come to these sessions, doing like uh, cocktail making things, uh, doing like events with the different teams in EMEA. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think I, I love doing it because, it, I mean, it's thinking outside of the box, like yeah. thinking creatively, like what can we do? And this is something that has been a key thing in all the jobs that I do. And if I don't find it in my CS role, I try to find it elsewhere. Uh, and this is how it was at Vox, because I felt like the creativity piece in the CS role was not at its highest. At LinkedIn, it was in the beginning, but after, you know, five years in the role, you become, you know, very comfortable. You want something, you know, a new challenge. So I stepped into it. And Asana, why didn't I do it until uh, now? It's because I'm so fulfilled in my role that I didn't feel oh. the need that I need to find that creativity elsewhere. But now it's been a year that I'm in Asana. And so now I'm applying to be part of the, you know, women's uh, ERG uh, at Asana. So I want to start taking a more active role, not because I'm lacking creativity in, in my role, but because I think I'm ready. I'm comfortable enough in my role to be able to do things in, in parallel as well. Sally, this is one of my biggest takeaways from this conversation as well, because culture is such an important piece for every organization. Now, everybody knows that, leadership knows it, but very often people expect almost somebody else or leadership or something to happen, not from them. And you're just proving that as a cultural champion, firstly, you can start doing it by yourself, right? You don't have to wait for somebody saying, oh, now we are launching this and you can apply for it. Like if you have that idea, just go for it and speak with somebody and, you know, make it happen. So it, it is coming from you yourself, from individual contributors. You can make a big difference in the workplace 
you don't have to wait for HR or from somebody else to do it. This is one of my biggest takeaways from this. Like you just go for it, you recognize there is a need and you make it happen. This is wonderful. It's been the case in every company I join. I think this is uh, one thing in common that the companies I love, I love to work in have is this actually, is this, is people are free to take initiatives to drive things. And it's not so many process, not a lot of bureaucracy, just, you know, things do things, do what they have to do. But again, it speaks to your attitude. You're not sitting down and saying, oh, we don't do anything fun, but you actually do something yeah, about yeah, it, which or, is yeah, a big they difference. Or, they didn't organize, exactly, they didn't organize this for us, or, you know, they didn't do this. They didn't, like, yeah, like, it's all about attitude, right? <laughs> back to Absolutely. The, <laughs> back to the other thing. It's the attitude you bring to work. Well, it definitely proved very beneficial for you in terms of your own fulfillment, but even in terms of your career development, because that was a pretty big piece on your interviews as well. And well, surely for somebody out there at Vox and even Asana, you know, one other plus for hiring you because you have that holistic approach for the well-being of people around you as well. Salius, we are wrapping up. Thank you for sharing your career story, but also a bit of a life story and so many different lessons learned and how your journey went. I'm interested in what is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you. They're surprised that I have, I do three jobs. I have two kids, I have two guinea pigs and I have a husband (laughs) and I play volleyball and I do tennis. (laughs) So they're surprised. How do I manage to do all this? When do you sleep? Um, I sleep sleep really well. Excellent. So what's what's the recipe of balancing all of it together? I think you need to have the right uh, level of energy and motivation. I wouldn't say balancing. Maybe like, how do I do it? How do I manage? Mm, Because I, I do a lot of stuff and sometimes it's good to do less, but I think if you have the right level of energy and motivation and personally having more stuff to do allows me to better manage my time. If I have less things to do, I will do less things. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And if I have more things to do, I will better manage my time to do them all really well instead of not having much to do and doing less. I know that makes sense. It does. It does. Definitely. It's almost like you're keeping your time boundaries very strictly then just to allow yourself to do it all. Because I know that I have to do a lot of stuff. I better manage my time. Yeah. So better, let's say, if you put stuff in your calendar, better go with the time on your calendar in order to accomplish all of it. Otherwise, there could be just a mess and you wouldn't feel content about it. And also one last thing is never forget your needs. I say this to new parents that are in customer success or anything like new parents, never forget your own needs, what drives you, because sometimes parenting can take over a lot of your identity as a person. You become more a mom than anything else for new parents. So it's very important to do what makes you, what makes me Sally, like never forget what makes me Sally, because if I am happy as a person, If I am doing my volleyball, if I am doing my tennis, if I am doing the stuff that recharge me, I'm a better mother, I'm a better wife, I'm a better professional, I'm better everything. If I don't lose touch with myself, I mean, in other words, stay selfish. Like you have to be selfish (laughs) to become unselfish. (laughs) So this is like a thing that's been driving me is knowing uh, when to stay selfish to become a better person. Because if I'm unselfish with myself, if I forget myself, I lose myself. 
That's wonderful, Sally. Knowing who you are and really allow yourself to be who you are and not always identify with even your work or you yourself as a parent or you or any other part of yourself, but just make sure that you're kind of balanced through all of those different identities that you're carrying as a woman, as well as a wife and mother and all the other identities and either at at your work, (laughs) through everything else, stay yourself and allow yourself to be you, (laughs) allow yourself some time for it. That is one. Prioritize it. Prioritize. It's the one thing that will keep you going. Sally, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening. Next week, new episode. Subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn so you're up to date with all the new episodes and the content I'm curating for you. Have a great day and talk to you soon.